Welcome to the Conscious Fire Culture. We give you direct access to healers, practitioners, and shamans as we explore alternative medicine for wildland firefighters. The mission is to break the stigma of mental health in wildland fire and lower the suicide rates. Our intention is to guide you through a transformation that creates a ripple effect in our community. Welcome, I'm so excited you've made it. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the Wildland Fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, so the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is, is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me, it's like, you get a puzzle and then all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and see if it's a good fit again that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com the foundation of mountain mind tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters and it's one of the most rewarding things i've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past, and to truly release it, to let it go. And when I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session, and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I, I cry. Like it, it's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. And but I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. 
It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's, that's because the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there if it looks like something you want. Let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. Welcome everybody to the Conscious Fire Culture Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Ann Martin, alongside with Thomas Worm. Today we have a very special guest. We have Ben Strawn here from the El Dorado Hotshots. He is a superintendent of that crew, and we dive deep into work-life balance, uh, the concept of identifying with being a firefighter, uh, how to be authentic in this in this true and beautiful life, how to be a good self-leader, uh, we get into some depression and suicidal thoughts and kind of the, the resolution of those and why it's not something that should be a stigma. It's not something to be afraid of. They are actually quite natural. Uh, we get into some plant medicine and how good that has been for Ben's life. He gives us the best analogy of peaks and valleys I have ever heard of, and it makes so much sense. Um, we go into Ben's tools of being in the moment and his daily practice to just be an incredible human, both mentally and physically. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to take some notes on this um, and really take a lot of this to heart and use it off the fire season, during fire season, shoulder season with your family. Um, yeah, get ready for a great episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have Ann Martin here today co-hosting and Ben Strawn, the hotshot soup of El Dorado hotshots and Ben, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. And like, like we were talking about before, you're, you're such a mentor of mine already. And I barely know you. Um, I just appreciate and thank you so much for being here. And, and I guess my first question, man, is like, could you introduce yourself a little bit and, and just let us know, like, how did you become a hotshot soup? And like, how did you, like, what's your journey been through this many years of wildland fire? For sure. Yeah. First off, thank you both for having me here. I'm, I'm super pumped to get the opportunity to, to talk about my life experience um, and, and kind of share that with folks. Cause I do think that sharing perspectives is uh, kind of how we, is how we kind of grow collectively together. So um, I think this is, this is all good stuff. Uh, yeah. So how I started in fire, I grew up in a really small mountain town or, or in the foothills of the Sierras on the West slopes um, town called garden Valley uh, went to a small high school really kind of thought that I would, you know, based on the skills that I had at the time, really thought I had kind of three options, you know, coming out of school to start a career and potentially either logging, construction worker, maybe firefighting. And uh, obviously I chose uh, firefighting. My, my school had a really cool program that gave you basic qualifications to um, kind of enter that workforce uh, straight out of high school. And so two days after graduating high school, I, I was able to land a job with the, with the forest service on the Tahoe National Forest. And really, also in the beginning, I didn't really want to be a, a forest service person. You know, I think uh, a lot of younger 
folks, I think getting into the fire world sort of see firefighting as, you know, being a municipal fireman. And so the, the forest firefighting really wasn't on my radar as like a career path, but more or less more of a, like a stepping stone or a door or foot in the door type of thing. But over the course of, you know, the first five seasons, I had some really powerful experiences on some fires and realized that I just absolutely loved it. And uh, it really kind of spoke to me being in the woods, you know, kind of building these large teams and, you know, out there protecting the places we like to play and, and, and sort of exist in. And it, it sort of manifested from there in 2006, um, after doing five seasons on an engine, uh, I had a supervisor tell me like, Hey man, you need to go do some other stuff. Like you need to go either go smoke jump or, or go get on a hotshot crew. And so I was like, okay. So I got on a hotshot crew and really it was in 2006, you know, I was on the American River hotshots and I got to this point where we went to this fire my first season um, and we we're up in Alaska and I've told this story before, but I just remember this beautiful moment of sitting on this uh, giant river uh, bank on the edge kind of after a fire shift and just sort of watching the water and, and this, and, you know, the lights getting low and, and we were kind of camping and I had this, just this moment by my, myself and just, I remember looking back at our camp and seeing my superintendent just cracking jokes and really enjoying himself and the crew enjoying themselves and just this, this family aspect and just how cool it was and how grateful I was to be in that, in that situation and a part of that crew. And I realized I want to do this for the rest of my career and I want to be a superintendent someday. Um, and so that was the beginning of me working towards that goal. And then in 2016, I transitioned from that crew to the Eldorado Hotshots as a, as a captain. And then in 2000, let's see, two years ago, 2019, I got the superintendent job. And here I am. Wow, man, that's amazing. I love that moment you're describing of, uh, I think Alaska, for everybody that's been there, is just so magical. And, and I, I love the way you described that moment. And and I'm curious, like throughout your whole career, like, and this is something that came to me probably like my 10th season or so, I really felt like, um, and you know, I, I guess I really felt this connection of fire that was so much deeper than just firefighting. It was like this ancestral kind of like spiritual aspect happening, like communication with the fire, like this gut instinct and, and I guess this consciousness behind the fire that we're actually interacting with. And I would love to just pick your brain on that of like, have you ever experienced something like that where, where there, there's a lot more going on than just like the fire scene, right? There, there's something deeper, isn't there? Yeah, I, for sure. I think I actually think about this quite often. I, you know, uh, there's many aspects to the career of being a wildland firefighter. You know, like you ask somebody like, oh, like, what does this mean to you? And it's like, oh, I love being outside and traveling and seeing this. I love fighting fire, helping people or whatever these things are. But really, I think one of the things that's pretty special about it is, you know, fire in general has been a part of you know, human kind for a long, a long time, thousands of years, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think we've evolved to appreciate what it is. 
Um, but it's not just the fire aspect, you know, it's the, it's the just being in nature, like constantly connected to nature. You know, I think in today's world, it's very easy to be disconnected from, you know, the thing that we evolved to be a part of, um, you know, and, and just sort of be in front of the TV or the iPads or the phones or the whatever technology we have and, and sort of lose that kind of spiritual connection that we have with you know mother nature and, and what it has to offer and and i think the job especially on a hotshot crew man it really kind of pulls you back into those moments you know like we were just talking about alaska in 2016 when i came to this crew we went back to alaska but we fought fire and uh kind of just south of anchorage and i have this beautiful picture in my mind where i hiked up ahead of the crew scouting i got up on this hill and I, you could look across like the the ocean and the bay kind of the peninsula area in, in alaska southern alaska and just forever you could see forever these mountains way out in the distance and you kind of just get mind blown about your part in this world and and how just massive and beautiful it all is and it's really easy to lose sight of that um kind of specialness um maybe in other lines of work where you're not connected to nature as much and i think that's personally and one of the things that i love about the job it's not necessarily fighting fire um you know fire is a big part of it there's a purpose that's a part of that but i think it's the the connection that you get with mother nature and the fact that you get to experience that with people that you care about uh deeply Oh, I love that, man. Yeah. I feel like the connection to nature is so powerful. And that was something that I, I loved about the job so much. And, um, you know, something, something I try and like reinforce, um, in my own life now outside of fire and just that connection to nature is so amazing. And, and, and I guess like, I, I really want to go deeper into your story, but I have a couple of questions for you about kind of your, your, like being a superintendent. And I guess like, one of the things that comes to mind and, and especially like the book I wrote for, you know, six minutes for excellence. And I guess there's like, how do you manage the human factors on the crew? Like, how does that like, to me, and I know we're going to go deeper into this, but like the mental health, the emotional health of the crew is so important. It's, it's gotta be as important as the physical fitness. Right. But like, how, how do you manage that as the soup? Like, how do you help the crew feel like super grounded and purposeful. And, and I'm just curious, like how, how that works for you. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty large question. Um, it's, it's one that I think, I mean, at the end of the day, like reading fire, weather, topography, all these things, they're pretty consistent over time. Like they're not, they're a little bit more predictable. The thing that's not predictable is human factors. Um, it's, you know, these, none of these problems that we have are a problem until we enter humans into the environment. So, um, but man, just the, for sure, physical health is super important. It's, it's part of, you know, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, last year, uh, I had an issue with mental health and, and some depression and, and thoughts of suicide and what have you. And one of the things that came from that was this defining the difference between needs and wants. And, and, uh, you know, one of my needs is fitness, it's movement, you know, so it's, it's an important factor to living a, a good life and providing for those essential needs for, for living. But the mental health is also 
a big part of it. And, you know, one of the things that I tell my folks beginning of the year is we do a lot of compartmentalizing in this job, a lot of separating um, our life into two distinct parts, um, our home life and our work life. And we talk about that constantly like, oh, my home life, but you keep your home life at home and you don't want to expose your home life to your work life because you don't want to stress them out or all these things. And what I tell my folks all the time is we got to stop doing that because at the end of the day, what we really have is one life. And if we prevent the people at home that we love the ability to understand what we are up against, then they won't ever have the tools to help us when we need, when we need them and vice versa. And we talk about this family, uh, you know, our, our fire family being a part of our family. And, and to me, that's, if they're, if you're going to say that word, you have to let them enter your life fully and you have to live authentically. And uh, so that's part of it is, is not separating our lives is understanding that we have one life and we have to let everybody that we love into that life and, and care about. And the other, another aspect to it is, um, is, you know, I'm not here to, I, I think there's a problem with us identifying with our careers or really in general, identifying with anything that changes because everything changes. Absolutely. Everything changes. And when we identify with our emotions, our jobs, our names, our careers, the place we live, all these things, I see issues when you have defined yourself a certain way. Let's take the career, for example, and you say, I am a hotshot. You introduce yourself as Ben, I am a hotshot. And you identify with that so hard, that definition in the beginning is, it means something, but what happens when you experience a loss? What happens when you experience something super emotionally challenging and now you're feeling feelings that don't line up with that definition anymore and that can create problems. So I tell people not to work for me and assume to be a certain way based on what I think I'd need them to be. It's, I, I, I think the more successful thing is be who you are, understand everything changes, evolve, grow, learn how to be a better version of yourself constantly, be authentic, learn how to speak your truth. And uh, I think at the end of the day, I'm not looking for good hotshots. I'm looking for good humans and good humans just happen to be good hotshots. Oh, I love that, man. That's so amazing. I, I, I love, I really appreciate everything you just said. And, and I think, you know, more from like the psychological perspective as a practitioner, like I can hear as we're talking about it, I know this is a huge problem of like, okay, we've compartmentalized like work and life. And to me, it's like starts creating all these parts is what we would call it in psychology. And it's like, you know, if we start creating enough parts, like it starts becoming a really serious problem. And so I love this idea of like, like integrating, like integration, that's kind of the word that came to my mind. It was like integrating this work and life and work-life balance. And I think that's something that's been coming up so much in wild and fire. And I just like, man, that's beautiful. Like your crew guaranteed is amazing. I just wanted to say Ben, how much appreciation I have for your just like really ingenuitive leadership and, and how you are able to kind of show up for yourself and then demonstrate that to the crew. Um, I wanted to get your kind of more specifics on, like, how do you really model that for your guys? How do you specifically work on yourself so that you can then show up and be that really strong 
um, ethical leader that just shows so much courage and definition in both your physical and mental health? For sure. So I, that's a great question. And really, you know, to, to simplify it a little bit is like where, where you get to, I, you know, I think what makes a good leader is someone who practices self-leadership, like straight up. Um, I'm not over, you know, I've done a bunch of coaching in the private sector, even within the agency and with all kinds of stuff with per movement, nutrition, lifestyle design stuff, all these types of things. And at the end of the day, man, like you have to practice what you preach a little bit, um, you know, and I think what has made me, yeah, I think I'd consider myself successful to this point is this, this ability to be extremely curious. Um, I'm very interested in what could potentially elevate myself to being better. Um, so, and that's my journey along the, along that is, I mean, it's, I'm constantly working on myself still. I'm never stopping. Like it's, I don't, this, this journey does not ever stop. It's not a, there's not an end point. Um, I think you just keep going and pushing and striving for better. And when you're leading young men and women, um, I think they should be able to very easily see that. And if they can see that you hold yourself to a high standard, then, you know, especially as a young person, then that's something they strive to be, but I'm not trying to fix anybody at the same time. Um, I've, I've been in that position before where I want to help, I'm here to help you or, and I kind of picture myself more as a, a guide or a teacher. Um, and when I'm here, if somebody needs something and I can show them the way, but everybody has to walk their own path. That's one of the hardest things to do as a leader of young people. Uh, I think, you know, giving people enough grace and space and support to trip up and fall and, and be there to help them up, I think is important. Um, but also reminding myself not to trying to fix people because that ultimately no one's broken. They just need to, they're just on their, their journey and they need to walk every bit of that path to find their success. And I think that as a leader, you got to be aware of those things, but for, for me to work on myself, you know, it, it, it was a long, it's, it's been a interesting journey. You know, a lot of it started with obsessing about physical fitness and trying to see how far I could take the physical body, um, and, you know, it, it led me to, you know, doing ultra marathons and running these extreme miles and you kind of get in a mindset where you're like, oh my God, like, okay, the body is hitting a wall and the mind is telling me to stop. And then you start getting obsessed about the mind because the mind can make the body keep going. And so then you start diving into what the mind looks like. And that, this is where I tapped into my friends uh, that were talking about offline, the, the Adam and Vanessa from Be The Wellness. And they were talking a lot about mindset and these different things. And then I got really obsessed about where, you know, meditation and mindfulness practices and breathing exercises, how you incorporate that with, uh, you know, a, a, a good physical fitness regimen and how nutrition lines up with that and, and then just seeing how far you can take it. And then, you know, and then eventually you just start to, I think the next evolution in that is things bubble up for you. 
you know, as, as you, you pick up these tools and you acquire these tools, it's all based around curiosity for me is, you know, the things that you've buried deep down inside through the experiences you've picked up during your career. And, and then, uh, and then those things bubble up. And fortunately for me, I've cultivated and gathered enough tools to be able to deal with a lot of these things as they, as they've come up. And um, we can talk about those tools or, or whatever if you want. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past and to truly release it, to let it go. When I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I I cry. Like it's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's, there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. And but I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's, that's because the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there. If it looks like something you want, let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. I appreciated like how much good information is just like not completely in every little detail of your life, but it really shows that if you continue to walk on this journey that you're, everyone has to figure out for themselves because everyone has a different perspective. Um, everyone's got their own like representation of the world because of all the experiences they've gone through. Um, and if they can look up to somebody that's got that great heart and soul on their sleeve that really shows as a leader, like if you just continue to walk the path, good things will come out of it. If you just continue to work hard. Yeah, for sure. And, and one of the things I, I talk about uh, frequently with people is, you know, we all understand peaks and valleys, right? Like we, we talk about peaks and valleys a lot. So let's take peaks and valleys, right? The valleys I try to explain to people is, you know, it's the depression, it's the low point, it's the place that lacks clarity. It's really hard to see where you're going, understand what's what's going on in the world. There's a ton of company down there. There's a lot of reasons to keep existing there and um, and people trying to keep you there or, and, and just affirming why you're there. But at some point you get really sick of that fucking place and you can look through the clouds and the, and the darkness and see this beautiful peak that seems completely unachievable. But all you got to do is you, you need to try and set yourself a goal to get out of that place. 
And if you can set that goal, you can walk up to the base of the mountain and hit the trailhead and you can start setting little goals that reach to the summit where your ultimate goal is. And each one of these little goals, each time you take a step forward up the mountain, you're, you're starting to build a more resilient and beautiful person and a deeper meaning of who you are. And you're going to encounter challenges that are going to tell you to go back down the hill or pick a new route around and keep going up. And you have a choice. You can either go back down into the valley and exist in a place that you know what it's like to be there, or you can continue into the unknown and see what there is for you. And if you choose to continue, at some point you're going to hit the summit and you're going to be able to look down into the valley and you're going to see how fucking proud of yourself you are and how you've accomplished so much. And then it's hard to believe that you were even there to begin with. And you can start showing gratitude for those low points in your life. And you can start to develop new ways to achieve personal greatness. And as you're at the top of the mountain, if you take a bird's eye view, you look down and you can notice there's like a million trails all the way around that thing where other people have walked up to that same peak. And this is where you get to share perspectives, right? We all of these are the perspectives we get to share. And you can be like, oh, maybe I'll use that next time I, I get ready to summon another mountain. And then you can't get comfortable when you're up there because at some point you got to walk back down the other side, get down to the next valley and then find a new way out. And this is the, this is the aspect of life. You're not the low point. You're not the midpoint. You're not the high point. You're the thing that moves through that. And this is just the process of learning and you can kind of show appreciation for all these different moments in life. And that's kind of how I've structured my life is to be very grateful for all these different positions I find myself in because they're all great moments to learn. Wow, man, that is amazing. Like, thank you so much for that metaphor. It just like that really hit me really hard. It's such a beautiful metaphor. I love it. And, and, and I guess, you know, I, I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into your story, man, of like, of, of some of the valleys you experienced that, that you've talked about recently, the last couple of years of, of, kind of this major valley of like suicidal thoughts coming up. And, and I just want to say like, thank you so much for, for like talking about this more and more, because I, I think the more we talk about it and break the stigma and just the fact there's a hotshot soup talking about this is like, is so powerful and so big. It's just like, thank you so much. And, and I'm curious, like, you know, kind of how did you get into that state and what got you out of, out of those ideations? Sure. So I'll, I'll tell the story a little bit because I think it's important to capture like kind of how I got there. And, you know, like 2019, I had gotten my job as a superintendent, my pretty much my dream job. I was so excited and just like emotionally, like just overwhelmed with how, how much gratitude for all the people that had gotten me to that, helped me get to that point. And the, it was the beginning of COVID. It was the epic fire year, you know, the first epic fire year, you know, yes, last year was pretty gnarly too, but, and it was just pretty, it was challenging as a new superintendent, but I never saw it as a, this, this thing that I couldn't handle. I was like, this is my job. This is what we have to do to, do, to get it done. And we're going to make it happen. And I didn't experience any real mental issues um, until I hit the off season in November. And I just, the fire season wound down and I was, my body and mind were just like, all right, Ben, it's time for a break, man. You need to rest like desperately. And it was just, I was just inundated after that with 
Hey, you know, with forest needs, like, Hey, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need this thing going on and all the regional stuff I had signed up for. And I was just like, I was like, Whoa, like, Hey man, I can't even think about this right now. I need some time to process what just happened to me. You know, it's only been a day since the crew has been cut loose and I, I need some time to think. And I just, it, it just, I just kept getting inundated by all this pressure to keep pressing on with all this stuff. And, uh, it was overwhelming. And I got to a point where I was just like, man, is my career just going to be this hamster wheel of fighting fire, getting my ass kicked, trying to make sure people don't die fighting fire in communities like crazy. And then fire season shuts down and it's just like, I'm trying to do what everybody else wants needs done and not taking care of myself. And it was the first moment that I was just like, I, I can't exist like this. This is ridiculous. Um, and I started to think to myself like, shit, like maybe I'll just step off the hamster wheel. And that became very emotional and powerful. And, I, and it was the first time that the thoughts of suicide had ever entered my mind that I could remember. And it was scary, man. Like it was, it was super scary. I was very uncomfortable and it made me really nervous to, like be uh, around, you know, like, cause I was thinking, you know, maybe my wife would be better off with a life insurance policy or whatever. And I had this moment, it was the closest moment I had to the actual, you know, potential, I guess, act of doing this suicide thing. But I was just sitting in my bedroom and I have a gun locked up in a safe in my closet. And I just remember sitting there and just going like, it's right there. I could just go get it. And I didn't do it, um, obviously. And I never really felt like I knew, I knew I was very aware of what was happening. Um, I was able to understand that these are not the right emotions. This, I, I need to try and work through this. I need to give myself time. And really what I did was I went up to, you know, my wife eventually and was just like, uh, you know, Dina, like I'm, I'm having these I'm having a hard time. And she was just like, okay, message received. Like, what do we need to do? And for me, like I needed, I knew what I needed to do. Uh, I've had some experience in the past with, with uh, like different plant medicines um, through ceremony. And I had received a lot of benef benefit from that um, dealing with um, things like depression and things like this. And I knew that I needed to try and get myself into another program um, through ceremony to try and figure that out. And so that's what I did. I um, did some psilocybin uh, with a doctor and uh, had a beautiful ceremony. And I was able to I was shown a lot of things about my life and how I was living it. And ultimately what it came down to was I was prioritizing uh, the things I wanted over the things I needed and living my life based on this desire. Right. And I, I talk about desire as being a distraction of seeing how you know beautiful the current moment is or the now. And so that's, that's kind of how I got through that one. And I was able to apply a lot of tools that I've had in the past through meditation and, and writing and, and uh, really, I, I came out of that with like a handful of different steps and a very clearly defined line between what needs and wants are. And not necessarily saying wants are bad, but it was 
it gave me the ability to set better intentions around those things um, and not lie to myself and not treat the things I wanted as things that would potentially make me happy, but as things that just were, you know, made life more rich and cool and uh, not necessarily things I actually needed to be happy because at the end of the day, happiness, love, joy, um, all that stuff exists when inside of you, all of us, and we can tap into it whenever we want. Wow, man. Thank you so much for sharing like your journey through, um, through those thoughts and, and really like what you did about it. And, and just when you're talking about like, you know, finally saying it to your wife and like, I just really felt like emotional about that. Like that's so powerful and like just reaching out for support. And I think that's such a good example of, of, you know, what we can do is just reaching out to people in, in our lives and, and, and I love that you brought plant plant medicine into it and, and that that was really healing for you because that has been my experience. It's been an experience of many people I talked to on the podcast. And, and I, and I think plant medicine is invaluable because it, it kind of just like takes all the boundaries inside of our mind and just blows it apart. Like there's no more boundaries and we can think things about ourselves in totally different ways and learn and, and I guess my question for you, Ben, is, is one of the big things from my experience is that there's, there's this healing, there's a ceremony that is so healing and powerful, right? And then there's the integration. And, and I think that is 10 times more important than the event, even though during the event and maybe a couple of days afterwards, like that event is so important, but afterwards, like the next six months or three months or a year even, like the work, like I really love the way you said, like kind of rearranging or refocusing your intentions. And I think that's, that's a big step in integration, isn't it? Yeah, man, for sure. I, I absolutely. totally is. And, and just, I just want to like, kind of talk about this for a little bit because, you know, I, I'm a superintendent of a hotshot crew and the topic of plant medicines or classically known as psychedelics or whatever it has like a, you know, people are going to think about that in different ways. Some people are going to be like, Oh, that's really cool. And some people are gonna be like, say what, you know, like, like that's insane or like, or, or maybe they have positive or negative emotions around this type of thing. And, and really like, I, I just want whoever might listen to this in the fire culture at all, or any kind of public servant or anybody who feels like this is a super taboo subject. Like I, our ancestors have been using these compounds for forever, you know, like the, it's widely known that um, psychedelic use in plant, different plant medicines have been used in ceremony for all kinds of ailments and benefiting populations and tribes to be better humans. And I think that they still have in our day and age, I think they have a place big time, um, to help specifically the Western population to achieve personal greatness as well. And it's a tool. Um, and, uh, I just want people to understand, like, I went from thoughts of ending my life to placing the utmost value on life itself through that experience. And I don't see that suicide uh, as a as an option anymore. It's just not even in my ability of processing. 
Um, I do think that it is a process of life. I think those things enter people's minds and we need to remove this, the stigma around it and, and give people the ability to not feel damaged when those thoughts come in and, in fe- and instead give them the ability to process what they're experiencing so they can move past it. But plant medicines has been a huge part of me being the best version of myself and it's something that I use personally. I don't think it's for everybody, but it, it has, has done wonders for me. Um, so I just want, I really wanted to touch on that because I know, I know my culture potentially could see this and, and be, or hear this and just kind of maybe have different types of emotions around it. And I think uh, at the end of the day, it's, it isn't for everyone, but for me, it has been amazing. Um, for some of the people I love, it has been amazing. I, I have someone very close to me that was on antidepressants since the age six. Um, and when she, like six years ago, she had a journey or ceremony with ayahuasca and hasn't been on antidepressants since. And that's her personal story, but those, these, that's incredible. <laughs> and I don't think we should potentially try and take those experiences away from people and how powerful they are uh, for the development of ourselves. So um, anyways, I just really want to say that and I forget what the question was that you asked me, but. <laughs> All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the Wildland Fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me, it's like, you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of January of 2022 and if that's interesting to you I want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with Melissa and See if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. Ah, oh, it's beautiful, man. Thank you so much, like, for, for really, like, 
going and facing the stigma. And I think this is like, this is the whole podcast, like conscious fire culture. This is what we're here to do is to raise the bar of like, you know, how conscious can we become? Like you said, like, like how, you know, you were talking about pushing fitness, putting a mindset, like we're here to push consciousness of the wildland fire community. That is, that is a podcast. So I just want to say thank you for like contributing to our mission so much here. And, and I want to resonate with you with my, with my own story here, a little bit of like, you know, throughout my career, there was definitely times of, of suicidal thoughts. And, and I would say one of the big things that kind of drove me to like, you know, maybe I need to explore a different career or something was like, you know, I would step in the helicopter as we're launching for an IA and it's just like, oh man, like what if the helicopter just crashed? Like, that'd be so much better. And, and like, that was like shocking to me. It was like, whoa, I like, and I understand how powerful thoughts are. And so I knew like, okay, I'm putting my crew in danger at this point. Like I need to seriously like seriously, like do something about this. And, and for me, it was meditation and I'm a very Kundalini type person. And so like Kundalini would, would be my ceremony in a a different way. And, and I think one of the things that I realized was that, that it was just a part of me that wanted to die, like an ego death. Like there was parts of me that weren't serving me anymore. And I was ready to release that. And, And when I came to that realization, I felt so much better. And I felt such a release of like, it's, it's okay to want to release parts of yourself so it can be more whole and become more whole and integrated by releasing these old ways of being. And, and I just wanted to resonate with your story because it's, it's just so powerful. And I think there's more suicidal ideations than I think we realize in wild and fire. It is very common. It's kind of across the board almost in a lot of ways. And it happens more than we talk about. And so um, I just really wanted to hit on that. And I think something to, something I want to bring up too, as well as this, this taboo subject of psychedelics. And I think one of the most important things happening right now with this is, is the MAPS Institute and their phase three trials with depression and psilocybin and PTSD and veterans and their research, like very methodical, real scientific research is using the word cure, which is kind of turning psychiatry upside down. And it's really interesting where like scientists are using the word cure for depression and PTSD, which is kind of mind blowing for me. And so I think there's so much power and this is why we're seeing like Oregon, uh, Seattle, Detroit, these places in the United States are beginning to completely decriminalize and legalize psychedelics. And it's just the beginning because if we can cure depression and, and, that's a really strong word. I think that's like the strongest word you could use in mental health. And like, that's so amazing to me that the scientists are using that kind of verbiage, right? Yeah, for sure. And you reminded me of the question that you had asked me. And I think, um, absolutely that that word has got a ton of power to it, right? It's very deep, very meaningful. Um, and I think a part of those experiences is, I mean, there's been, what was the, the research done with psilocybin where they gave it to people who were dying and they said it was like, like the, one of the, it was like either the most profound thing that's ever happened to their life or like in the top five, you know what I mean? Compared to like a birth or death, a birth of a child or a death of someone you love like that. That's the kind of experience you're, if we're going to frame it, that's the kind of experience you can potentially encounter. It's a great place to pivot your life from, but it's the integration piece that I think is, is also extremely important. Like 
Um, and I think that's what you had asked me before was, you know, the, the importance of integration and having beautiful pivoting life experience in the form of these different plant medicines, they definitely can give you a lot of insight. I think the way I like to describe it is, you know, you, you go through an ex uh, a plant medicine ceremony and you get handed, handed a box of puzzle pieces. And each puzzle piece is something you potentially learned within that experience. And it's the, the post ceremony where you have to assemble that puzzle to make sense of it and see how you apply it in your life. And to me, that's the kind of the most fun part, like is assembling the puzzle. It's spending time journaling and thinking and, and uh, doing some sort of mindfulness practice or Kundalini for you, maybe potentially, or or any, any kind of breath work, right? just anything that gives you the ability and the space to process what happened to you and to start assembling that puzzle so that you can see it and be like, yes, now my life is completely changed and I can practice this moving forward. And so that integration piece is massively important. It's not, it's not a, I'm going to take this many mushrooms or whatever, and all of a sudden I'm cured. Yay. It's, there's work that needs to be done around it. And and that's good. That's what you're here to do in this life is to learn from life itself so that you live the best life. I don't want to break too far away from your, your story here, Ben, and I find it truly inspiring and just um, I'm honored to have you just share your story that might be a little bit different for most people. Um, and it's just so fulfilling to hear somebody just truly share the good experience that they had. Um, my background is mostly in uh, breath work. And that's kind of just one of the skills that I use to continue to tap into those same kind of concepts of the integration, because I can use different forms of breath work at different times. I can, I can sit in a ceremony and still use that modality to try and create um, great change within my, my mental health and, and my thought patterns and stuff like that. Um, and I was wondering if you could get maybe a little more specific on how you continue to tap into some of those integration factors, just like as you go about your day, is, is there things that you tap into during fire season? Do you take a journal with you? Like, what does that look like for you? For sure. Um, I'm pretty, I think, uh, consistency and discipline is like how you live a good successful life, you know? Um, and I try and have both of those things all the time. Um, you know, after my last, well, after the ceremony, I had just talked to you guys about, I had developed a list of things that I do every day. Um, and this is how I, and I do it during the fire season too. And it's it really, I just, I can, I journal on them sometimes, but really it starts with me just giving myself a few moments to run the list and the, the list looks like this. And I'll just, I'll kind of briefly go over it and we can expand on it if you guys want. Um, the first thing I think about is, did I give myself enough sleep? Am I sleeping enough? Because really mindset and physical performance, uh, the way you nutrition your body, it all starts with how you've kind of recovered and sleep has a, has a really big role to play in that. And, and so I, I talk, I think about that. Did I sleep? And then I move on to the next, am I moving enough? Did I give myself my body proper nutrition? Am I acting as the observer? What am I identifying with? Am I accepting the things that are happening in my life that I can't control? Reminding myself that I am the creation of my thoughts. 
make sure I give myself plenty of time to be still. I need to always get to a point where I just completely let go. And then I need to make sure that I'm sharing my perspectives. And those are the things that I walk through my mind every day. And sometimes one of those things is pops up more strong than the others. And I'll give myself a little bit more time to either think about it or I'll, I'll open up my journal and I'll actually like write about what I'm, what, what popped up and what's kind of stuck there. And, and, and I'll kind of go through it in my head and, and sort of observe what, what it is and work through it, honestly. Um, and if I can practice all those things and, and do the best I can, then really it, what all that stuff does is it gives me the ability to really see how beautiful the moment is. And at the end of the day, that's what we got is right now. And uh, spending too much time in the past or the future really just becomes a distraction. And you start to build your life based on desire. And that desire, like I mentioned before, is a distraction from seeing how beautiful the moment is. So that's, that's kind of like my daily practice uh, as far as like a, for a, a mental checklist. That's what I go through personally. Um, and, you know, my day does incorporate a ton of movement and, and proper nutrition and sleep and all those things. And I try to take care of the physical body as much as I take care of the, the emotional body. Oh, I love that list, man. That is so powerful. Like the sleep movement, nutrition, being an observer, identifying acceptance, uh, being the creator of our thoughts, stillness, letting go and sharing our perspectives. Like, man, like, wow, brother, that is freaking amazing. Like I'm going to take some of this and, and I, and I think I, I have my own routine. It's, it's similar, but, um, yeah, I love this. And, and I, I guess my, something that comes up to me out of this list that I'm really curious about, and, and this is definitely a lot more grounded than where we've been for a little bit, but like, how, how do you keep like yourself in good nutrition during fire season? Because, and I think fire lunches are getting better and there's a whole discussion there. We're going to go super deep, but I'm curious, like, what are some of the, like, um, logistically, like, what do you guys do as the crew to really like tap into that nutrition as much as you can during the season? Right. I mean, as a crew, that's, that's going to be hard for sure. I mean, I, over the years I've seen, the available food throughout fire season gets significantly better. Um, even fire lunches have evolved a little bit in the form of the snacks typically or more, I guess I would put, give them, you know, where if you sliding scale of one through 10, where the nutritional value was like a two, like maybe now they're a five or six, <laughs> you know, like they're getting better. Uh, for me, it's, it, you know, like I'm, I have spent a long time coaching nutrition and developing what I, I know works best for me. And I have a different situation because I have my, my very own soup truck, right? So I can carry a bunch of food. You know, I, I don't eat fire lunches anymore and I very rarely eat uh, the dinners anymore either. Um, so I, I carry most of my stuff, but you know, like the list I just talked about, like a part of this is kind of accepting. Like at the end of the day, during fire season, like you get what you get and it's really difficult to acquire a ton of really good quality food when you're spiked down the middle of Alaska, maybe, or you're in the middle of the desert in Arizona or, 
or what, whatever it is, you know, and it's just kind of being aware. And, and you know, I, I have a really good relationship with uh, uh, a gentleman named Brent Ruby, and he's a professor up in Missoula for the college there. And he's done a lot of research on nutrition. And, you know, when you're doing shift work, you know, you can experience, you know, somewhere between 4,000 and 6,000 calories uh, burned in a day. And when you enter those moments uh, or those shifts, like your body just wants calories, man, like at the end of the day. So it's not really caring about the quality. Um, it just really needs the the quantity to replenish. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you have to give yourself a lot of grace nutritionally during the fire season, because there's only, there really is so, only so much you can do. There really is. You'd have to buy another truck just to drive around with you all the time. If you wanted to really eat the way we probably should. Something that comes to mind too, with like nutrition is, is I guess, expanding kind of to diet, but to me, like not diet as in like food or anything like that, but like what we're allowing into our mind. And I think for me, like our social medias, the movies, the books we're reading, like I'm curious, like how, like, is that something you really pay attention to in your life of like, you know, really focusing on like, what are you actually letting in, um, into your life as far as, uh, media stuff like that? Yeah. Beautiful question. I mean, I mean, shit, dude, I think we potentially, I hope I, I, for me, I, a lot of us can relate to, you know, sitting on the couch or the truck or in the truck and just scrolling Instagram for what seems like forever and you'd get to a point you're like what the hell am i doing like you're all slouched over and you're like moving and molding yourself into the chair you lose track of time and then you've just wasted like an hour of your life (laughs) for no reason so yeah all those things are super important man like i mean you think about it from health perspective like the blue light that enters your vision right that's going to affect your sleep it's going to mess with your circadian rhythms it's going to especially if you do it towards bedtime Um, and it's, it's going to give you a really hard, you're going to have a really hard time going to sleep. And that's our culture has developed this thing where you have the phone or the device three inches from your face. And so that's totally troublesome. So, uh, and then just like the, you know, the, the issue with the, the dopamine hits that you keep getting and this like instant gratification over and over and over and over and over again, and, you know, trying to get people to potentially, uh, put that stuff down so they can reset their dopamine so they can actually, be in better moods and, and have more sustaining energy throughout the day and have the ability to focus and, and all this stuff. And I think these, the social medias and the devices, they, they, they're a huge, I think they're, I don't know if I want to say a problem because there's a lot of, they can be a problem. They can be abused. Um, but there's also, man, I think there's also some really awesome things about it to be quite honest with you. Like it's given me the ability to on a public stage, like, talk about all these things we're talking about right now and access a community of people that get to reach out to me and tell me their stories and share their perspectives and another way to collectively grow. And maybe that was the intention of all this stuff, but at some some point that kind of goes away. So I have like gratitude for it. And I think it's, again, this comes down to, do I need social media to be a successful human? Absolutely not. But if I know that I don't need it to be a successful human, then I can now set the right intentions around it and use it as a tool to expand my ability to share perspective and maybe give people a platform to share their perspective with me so that they have something to teach me as well. And that's, that's kind of how I personally use it. Um, 
I think this is how I like to talk about it in terms of people that are on my crew as well. Um, and uh, don't use it as a distraction or a way to, you know, get the dopamine hits or a way to fuck your sleep up or whatever, because if you abuse specifically these types of things, like they're going to, they're going to affect your overall wellness at the end of the day. I want to guide you through natural wellness and holistic medicine, which means using products like essential oils, essential vibes, glutathione mouthwashes, or even reading books. There's so many products out there that can help us, supplements, essential oils. There's so many things about the doTERRA lines of essential oils that I use every day, like lemon to detox my body and help me hydrate, like on guard to give me that extra edge in my immune system with the pandemic going, uh, balance to keep me grounded and moving forward in my life. I use the oils every single day, morning, afternoon, night. One of the biggest things they help me with is sleep. I sleep so well because I'm, you know, I'll lay on the lavender, I'll lay on the balance, I'll feel so grounded and sleepy and it's lights out. And I know the wildland fire community just struggles so much with sleep, really the lack of it, right? On top of that, there's books. There's, I've written three major books for the wildland fire community and, and I want you to try them out, give them a read, get the ebook, get the paperback, whatever suits you. But there's Overcome Anxiety Like a Hero, really teaches you how to get into a flow state. Awakened by Heart Fire is really the spiritual aspects of wildland fire. And the Heart Fire Anthology, the guided meditations, the Heart Fire Method will completely change your life. And of course, Six Minutes for Excellence, that is a guidebook for wildland firefighter excellence, peak performance, mindset, all those things. So go to mountainmindtricks.com, check out the store, check out essential oils, essential vibes, uh, go to the publishing tab, check out the books. Natural wellness is all about taking one step today that makes us 1% better. 1% better today, 1% better tomorrow, and 1% better the next day and the next day. One little habit adds up to moving an entire mountain with our health. That's what I want to guide you through. The essential oils, essential vibes, books, supplements, whatever you need, I'm here for you. So just go ahead and go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the shop and go to essential oils, essential vibes, or go to the publishing tab and, and check out the books we've got. Yeah, man. And, and I think one of the big things that I know it doesn't affect everybody in wildland fire, but there's, there's a, I would say a significant portion of the wildland fire uh, community that kind of has this whiplash effect. Like we talked about in the beginning of, you know, the, the home versus the, um, you know, work life balance and the kind of getting whiplash between seasons and all this stuff. And like, I guess I'm curious, like, how is that something you help your like seasonal specifically like manage, like in, in, um, I'm not even sure if you have seasonals anymore in region five, but like those people that do get laid off and how do they, um, I guess the biggest question is integrate the fire season and processing. Like when you were speaking about like having a really rough time uh, a couple of years ago, like, um, without plant medicine, like how is there other ways that we could actually sit and process like the fire season so we're not kind of in this limbo or confused or in depression like all winter long and going into the next fire season right yeah man i think this is a so such a great question because this is something that i you know for sure after my last experience you know where i was really struggling like 
you know, I obviously became pretty obsessed with like, okay, well, how do we fix this problem? Like, how do we assist people when these emotions come up? Or how do we give people the ability to acquire the tools? Because a lot of these people, you know, like I didn't have these tools when I was in my twenties, you know, when I was 19 and on a hand crew and one of the guys I'd bonded with over the course of the fire season died in a car accident during the winter. And I didn't have the tools to process that. So I, I did what I thought a firefighter did and I buried that shit down deep. Right. And that happened three or four other times throughout the course of my fire career until 2019, when I started having thoughts of depression or suicide. So, you know, like, what do we do as a culture to, or as an agency even to help prevent that or help give people the tools, right? Because I'm not here to fix anybody. That's the thing. Like, I'm not here to tell anybody they're broken. But I would love to educate people into, hey, here's here's resources and here are tools on how to um, deal with the emotions that you're inevitably going to feel, whether you like it or not. It's going to bubble up at some time. And I think I think we need to develop something that I'm thinking about. Is like I think we should have at least two weeks um, at the end of the season where you, it is dedicated straight up for identifying and developing tools to process what you experienced. And that's, and that's everything you get clinicians in, you get folks like yourselves to talk about breath work and, and different and different, like, uh, different other topics and scenarios and tools to, that may be not as well known, uh, because at the end of the day, you never know what's going to work for somebody. Um, but I think at least two weeks at the end of the season, you talk about their finances. You could talk about their, their mental fortitude and, and how they become resilient. They, you can talk about the lessons they learned and how to apply those in real life. Like it's not just this shitty thing happened to me, but what can I pull from that experience and apply to my life to become more resilient and uh, a stronger individual teach people how to share their, their emotions and their experiences with folks, right? That perspective. Um, I think that's where we need to go. Uh, I'm slow. We're slowly trying to develop these things because it's, you know, like it's besides this year, we've worked our temporary employees up right to the, to the layoff date. And then you cut them loose and it's like, see ya. And to me, that's uh, a travesty. And that's not taking care of your people. Uh, this year, we had a little bit different. We had a, a week or so because we had some good rain show up. And we were able to actually invite uh, a gentleman from the Forest Service up to talk about mental health. And he came up and talked about those things. And we gave the, our folks a, had like two weeks to really just like get to know each other and just like forget about the the fire stuff for a little bit. Maybe put on a little bit of training and play some volleyball and just experience each other's company and the enjoyment of why we do this job to begin with. And so that was pretty cool. But I think there's, I think there's other ways we could do it better. Um, especially if we're going to experience the same sort of fire seasons that we're, we have in the past, uh, these longer years, um, this permanent workforce, I think that we're transi transitioning to has a lot of potential to, give us the ability to start articulating how some of these programs could work for us and develop a much more resilient fire culture. Oh, I love that, man. I love this idea of processing for two weeks and there being like almost leave involved or whatever it looks like. And, and then I think, um, I know Redmond hotshots do something similar. They try to every year. Um, last time I talked to Gabe and it's so, I, I think it's such a powerful idea of 
of, you know, really whatever the modality looks like, it doesn't matter. But I think the big thing is like finding the lessons throughout the season and then asking like, well, how can I apply these to right now? How can I apply those next season, this winter even, and then like taking action and focus on those things. And I think that's really kind of the, what we've, I feel like the theme here is really just integration. Like how do we integrate that fire season? Because I guess from a spiritual level, kind of, um, when I work with clients, we do a lot of soul retrievals It is more of a shamanic shamanic way of working. But when we have a trauma, we tend to like leave an energetic piece of ourselves out there on the fire line. And it's like, and we leave all these pieces and all of a sudden we're just like, we're, we're just this partial energetic body and all these pieces are spread out and it's like sucking our energy away. But when we kind of bring all those pieces back to now, like bring our whole energy back to right now and really be inside our bodies. Um, that was a huge thing for me. That was a big learning for me. I, I think this is this is the way forward is being integrated and whole. I just wanted to touch on one really open-ended question, Ben, and I just want to get your opinion on um, like what are you most looking forward to between like now and next season? What am I most looking forward to? Um, you know, it's funny. I have the answer to this. It's just going to take me a little bit of time to try and articulate it. Um, you know, I've come to understand recently that the most in important the, the thing we should value the most uh is not possessions and things and trinkets and all this stuff and the most valuable thing that we have is life itself and understanding that it's not my life or your life it's uh it's just life in general it's the life we share and um I'm looking forward to sharing this life with people and others and things and everything that's living. And, and, you know, it's just, man, it's like a, it's, I don't know. It's really hard to articulate to, I had this experience recently where I came to the realization that the most valuable thing is life. It just, it just is. And we tend to undervalue that life and it's all of our jobs uh, to find the people that, value life the most and come to that understanding and help people around us that don't value uh, their life as much. Um, and, uh, and I think I'm just looking forward to expanding that, that process with people and really just getting to, to share this, this thing that we all have together. So the last couple of years I had to quit coffee because coffee was like this liquid shot of anxiety for me like my heart would race i could focus intently but only for a couple hours and i would crash super hard and my sleep was so off i mean i would be wandering the universe until i don't know three in the morning before i finally got to sleep and then i had to get back out at a six or seven in the morning and i was groggy i was tired it just wasn't working for me it's not that i was mad at coffee i was just really disappointed and so i ended up quitting coffee and I've been searching for an alternative for a long time. And that's when I came across Mudwater. Mudwater is this amazing, amazing tea. It's got masala chai in it. It's got cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan sea salt. And what's so amazing is that you feel the same energy, that same burst that you get from coffee, 
but it sustains all day. There's no crash, there's no headache, there's no dehydration. It's just this beautiful experience. And so yeah, I'm gonna say it, fuck your coffee. You gotta switch over to mud water because mud water will change your life. There's immune boosting properties, helps you focus with the lion's mane. There's one seventh of the caffeine compared to coffee. And so there's no jitters, there's no anxiety. It's just this beautiful experience with beautiful plants. So fuck your coffee. So if you want to try out mud water, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater or go to the shop and click on the button. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater. So one of my favorite things about the Mudwater Company is that they donate a percentage of their profits to the MAPS Institute. It's an organization that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from the careful uses of psychedelics. So the you know, MDMA Psychedelic Assisted Therapy Phase 3 trials, this is MAPS. And that's so important because there's been some amazing breakthroughs in the research with veterans and PTSD and depression and all sorts of amazing things that they're doing. It's so important to support this company. So, so Ben, I wanted to, um, I guess, talk about some of the stuff that's going on in Mexico and, and, and I guess, um, we can go as deep as you want. Um, but I'm really excited about the wildland wellness foundation and the possibilities and what's the first retreat and just, I kind of want to talk about this resource that's kind of blooming, that's flourishing into being in the next couple of months for the wildland fire community. And I just wanted to get, I guess, your perspective on how valuable this, this tool could be for um, people that are open and interested and feel like it's the right thing for them. What we're talking about is this, uh, we've tied in with a beautiful person down in Mexico, Melissa and and uh, she has this great idea um, and she incorporated some amazing people like you and I to help build this, uh, this place of ceremony where we can go down and experience plant medicine and, and really give people the same experience that I've had over the years a few times. And I think it just comes down to like, you have one of these experiences and you see just how incredibly valuable and powerful they are. And you really want to share that with people. And this is, this is our ability to share these experiences with people. And, and uh, you know, it's, I'm just excited. I'm just excited to give people a space to go and experience um, plant medicine as a way of healing themselves and, and kind of evolving as a person. And I'm extremely grateful to be a part of it. Uh, I feel like this has been kind of calling to me for a few years now is, is being able to, to offer, be a part of this experience for folks. Um, and, you know, really if I'm, if I'm selling, if I'm trying to sell it, you know, it's at the end of the day, these things aren't for everybody. But what I would say is, man, if you're listening to this and you feel like you are just straight stuck, and you just don't know what to do with yourself. And you've tried the stuff. You've tried the working out. You've tried the meditation. You've tried this. You've talked to people. You've done that. I, there's an opportunity here for you potentially to experience something that I think could potentially help you. I would be hard pressed to say that it wouldn't. And surround yourself with 
like-minded folks that could be experiencing similar things or have access to someone like me who has experienced a lot of this stuff everyone else has experienced and has found a path to work through it. And I want to be a person who can guide somebody to their greatness. Um, again, I'm not trying to fix anybody. I just want to uh, offer uh, experience for people and share my perspective to maybe potentially get some tools from men. And, and then also uh, at the end of the day, it's a positive byproduct of sharing perspective and, and telling my stories and offering these kinds of experiences that might help somebody else. That's amazing, man. And, and yeah, I, I'm, I feel so blessed to be part of the project and to meet people like you and to get connected with all these. There's so many players in the background, the wildland fire community that are kind of bubbling up to be a part of this. And it's just like, oh my gosh, there is like the Avengers of mental health are coming together for this. And it is so cool. So amazing. And, and I guess something I want to go a little bit deeper here and ask you like, to me and my experiences through meditation, uh, I guess Kundalini or plant medicine, it doesn't really matter. But for, for my experiences, there's like this being touched by divine light or God or Christ consciousness or Buddha, whatever we want to call it, even the Tao. Like once, I think once you experience this divine light that comes into your body, this healing light, or God, however you want to explain it, like you're changed. And it's like a totally different paradigm that you have to operate from. And that's where the integration comes in. But I want to get your perspective on this, like divine part of this, like healing modality of the plant medicine. Like, I'm just curious, like where that lands for you and like kind of how that resonates for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll, I'll just, you know, I've done ayahuasca a few times and I've done, um, a few psilocybin ceremonies and absolutely every single time it has what it has done is, you know, it's, it's hard to deny the fact that uh, this is where it kind of starts getting all weird and woo woo and people might try and be like, Oh my God, here we go. But uh, it's really hard to talk about this experience without talking about spirits or that's just the best word I have for it or God or, or whatever it is. Um, I like to call it an entity of something, but what it does is, man, it shows you how small scale that we perceive life in general and in our experiences. And you start to see like, you know, it, it, it shows you like this cosmic connection that you have literally with everything and how fucking beautiful and important your role in it is. And it's, it, every time it just leaves me shocked and amazed about how insane like this life experiences life experience is and that there isn't like a you know you're born and then you die and it's over you know what i mean like and it's just it just seems so much more than that you know like you you are born you're created you're given life like you know it's it's funny like uh I actually had a psilocybin ceremony very recently and, um, and I used it. I, I try and use this as a tool post season to be able to sort of process the season better and, and sort of get an education and, and a reminder of the things that are important. And one of the things that I saw this last go around was like, just how beautiful women are <laughs> like, 
how they are the giver of the most important thing in this in in this everything and that's life they gift life and uh and we should all be very fortunate that we have been given this gift of life and um and as a father you get to create life and uh i got had this moment where i got to talk about um or get to ask a question like well what about the folks that you know can't give or create life or choose not to and those individuals get to add depth and experience and richness to life and they get to remind the people that place less value on their life that that's not the case that their life is super valuable and they're also an amazing you know like giver of richness and experience to make sure that we value the most important thing in this existence and that's life itself and and every time i have these experiences this is what you know something like this is being shown to me it's it's this cosmic connection this uh this beautiful experience of life and that we get to share this with everybody and i think these are man being reminded that or shown that in an experience that seems so fucking real and so simple to understand um is so powerful <laughs> and i it's uh that's that's the shit i want to share with people man it's it's this like cosmic beautiful cosmic connection we have with each other and you know the fact that we get to you know we're all searching for love and it's the one thing we can all share with each other and and our lives are all very very important and um and we get to share that life with everything I really appreciate um, all of your story and all of your insights on how gorgeous and beautiful and fulfilling life can be and, and how many different ways people can have interactions with each other just to support and provide value in, in every different way between, you know, saying hello to a crew member in the off season to really providing benefit to a family. And I guess that the question I have for you, Ben, is, is there something that you wish that Thomas and I would have asked you, or is there something that we didn't touch on that you really want to say? No, I mean, I think I've, I think I've pretty much said everything, you know, I, I just, I, I love that you are doing this for our communities here. I think it's important to talk about these things that are not as talked about, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, the, we need, I, I really want to remove the stigma around the thoughts of suicide. These are, this is a part of living life. And I really want to know that that's not, I really want people to understand that that's not the end there's ways to continue to progress past that and every depression and low point you find in your life every value you find yourself in is a beautiful moment to grow as a person if you can show courage and discipline and move past that point and learn from learn from what life has to teach us this is this is what life is it's a beautiful lesson and we don't have to do it alone and that's one of the beauties of it we get to share every experience we have with every living thing. And if we can see it like that, then we can show appreciation for this beautiful life we do have and constantly evolve and grow and become better versions of ourselves. 
Ben, brother, man, this has been an amazing podcast. And like, I, I, I feel super complete here. Like, it sounds like you do too. And, and, and I'll just resonate with Anne. Like, is there, if there's anything else you want to close on, like, feel free, man. I, I feel complete. I'm feeling good, man. Like this is, we've covered a lot of ground and I just want to say like, thank you so much for just breaking the stigma for really talking about some real shit here today. Like I really like everything you've talked about is so powerful. And, and, um, is there anything else you want to close on, man? Nope. I got a lot of love for you guys. So thank you for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. And, and where can people like find you? Is there, are you open to people sending you messages or reaching out to you or, or anything like that? Like where can they find you? 100%. Yeah. If you, if you just put my name in Ben Strawn, and Instagram, you'll find me. Um, pretty easy to find there. Um, that's probably the best place, honestly. Awesome. I don't really do the face Facebook thing, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So everybody listening, like you know, um, there'll be show show notes and links in there, and and please, you know, Ben's an amazing person and mentor, and and um, you know, if you if you're feeling anything you know, you're stuck or anything like that, just reach out to Ben. He's, he's a mentor for all of us here. And and, um, thank you, man. Thank you for an amazing show and just enlightening us all. So I just wanted to say thank you to you both, but specifically to Ben is just, I am so honored to have shared this space and to learn a little bit from you today. And um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your story and I'm honored. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening today. Um, If anything that we talked about interests you, go ahead and contact Ben. Uh, The links will be below in the show notes. Um, There's also a link for the Wildland Wellness Foundation if you guys are interested in anything that they are doing um, and maybe getting out of your stuck spot. If you guys are interested in anything that Thomas and I provide, go ahead and go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the alternative mental health button. Schedule a free discovery call and see if we can do something together. See what will work for you.